This is the NWO Podcast, a.k.a. The Dub. I'm your host, Mr. X. Let's talk Oilers. All right. GP, what's on tap for this week? Lots. Lots of news. I haven't done a podcast in a while. It's been, what, a couple weeks now? About two weeks. I think the biggest thing is that, uh, you know, the Oilers have signed Evander Kane. Evander Evander Kane, Kane, the savior. Saved the season, I think. Saved the season? I don't know about that yet. We're still out of the playoffs, but you know what? We're on our way back in. No, saved the season. Think of the top nine now. Like, this is the deepest team since I've ever been an Oilers fan. I think since the 80s. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, right? I mean, McDavid, you have center depth. You can put Nuge on the third line now. You have Yamamoto. You could push down. Fogel, you know, your top six is just, like, solidified. Pugliarvi, Hyman, Dreisaitl, McDavid, Kane. That's nasty. That's absolutely dirty. What team has Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman on their third line? Uh, the Penguins back in 09 when they had Jordan Stahl. Like, to me... And go back to watch the, their last winning in Washington 5-3. They've been outstanding, that third line. Honestly, to me, it doesn't even matter who you put on the right side. I think Nugent Hopkins and Hyman are just away. You know what? Think of this. A third line that I would like to see would be Ryan McLeod, Ryan, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Zach Hyman together on the third line. I think Who's the centerman be- there, McLeod or Nuge? Nuge, I'd say Nuge, okay, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. In my opinion, I would say Nuge. No, I would say, yeah, Nuge definitely. And then there. the other two lines... With Fogel? Pardon? With, with, with Fogel? No, McLeod, yeah. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Zach Hyman. Well, Zach Hyman. Because think of this. I, I like that, I like that. I don't think Zach Cassian should be on that line. I think he, honestly, he weighs that line down. I think if you put He weighs it, the whole team down if you look at it. Yeah, but I don't think in the room. I don't think in the room. But no, he's I, a big room guy. But maybe you just scratch him, keep him in the room. <laughs> you know, like, he makes $3.2 million, but you know what? If he's not doing anything on the ice, then why is he there for? He took off the, the head of that goalie against Montreal, right? But other than that, what's he really doing? McDavid got ran. He really didn't do much to, uh, what's the guy who uh, ran him again? Ran who? Uh, McDavid against uh, Washington. Oh, uh, Hathaway. Hathaway, Garden Hathaway, fuck. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? That was a clean hit, but I would like to see more retaliation. And like you said... Well, Kane went right after him. I don't know if you... you he did. Know. And, you know, Yamamoto gave him a couple cross checks and got the penalty. But if you're going to take that two-minute call, make it count, you know? Injure the guy. Or, you know, make, make, him, make him hurt a little bit. I wouldn't say injure him, but I would say, like... Make him hurt a little bit. Do something more than what they did there. That wasn't enough. That no, doesn't send a message. McDavid got absolutely, he got his show running that fucking hit, you know? Like, that wasn't pretty as an Oilers fan. I was angry, I'm sure. Well, country was fuming. But again, back to that third line. What, what, what do you think about the McLeod, Dugan Hopkins, and, and um, Hyman line? If that you was know what? to be. I, I disagree with having Nuge center a little bit because I think Nuge is a top six player. And he really solidified your top six. You know, if you have a third line of McLeod, Yamamoto, Fogel, that's a big line having McLeod, Yamamoto. Yamamoto's on it, though. No, he's, he's not big, but he hits. You know, he's ferocious on the puck. Uh, he's the honey badger, right? And Fogel and McLeod bring that size, right? They all have speed. They're definitely, they definitely can check, right? 
And that pushes Nuge up with maybe, let's say, Drysaddle and Pugliarvi for a good second line there. And then your first line could be Kane, McDavid, Hyman. And that way you have your top six as all your best guys. You have your bottom six as, you know, your gritty, fast guys that, you know, play two-way hockey, right? That leaves a fourth line of who even cares? Fucking Benson, Perlini, Cassian. It doesn't even matter. matter. Yeah, you you have. You know what, though? I don't like like Shore. I don't like Shore. Doesn't matter to be honest, because you're barely gonna play that fourth. But you line, do. But you know what? If you can trade Cassian and get a you know a big guy, I would do an RB. But why would you split up Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Zach Hyman though? Why? Because they've been outstanding, and you know what? They won that game in Washington because of those two guys playing together. I know it was on the penalty kill, and they scored that shorthanded goal. But them together is an absolute force. And two they, players and clearly together they can have, become they stagnant. Have, I know, but clearly them together. They have chemistry. They do have chemistry, but you so know why what, would you split that up? Keep that together be... on the PK. Keep them together, no. maybe on the power play. You know, like I think that's insane. I honestly think Kane, McDavid, Yamamoto is a line that can produce Fogle, dry set. But pull I don't think Yamamoto line. can be with McDavid all season. I think he Kane. can. How he's too small. He really is too small for that first line. Kane's on there. He's a big body. Yamamoto gets in there. I think that's perfectly fine. And if, if you want to swap Yamamoto and Puliyarvi. Be my guest because we all know that McDavid does not like playing with Pulley Army. Where did you, you hear that? Where did I hear that? You can see it. You can see it on McDavid's face. You know, the coaching staff has mentioned it before. Connor McDavid and Jarisaddle have both mentioned to the coaching staff they don't like playing with Pulley Army. You know, I, I don't know why personally. I've just heard it. But Pulley Army is a big body. He checks. He doesn't have the best hands, but, you know, from far he can shoot. You know, he's a little sporadic on the ice. I can see why they wouldn't like playing with him. But, you know what, at the end of the day, they're players. They really shouldn't have that much of a say on who they play with. Because Pugliarvi does a job. I understand that. Actually, I don't really understand that. Because that's... Pugliarvi's on a bad year. Like, he was at a point... I, I know he's gone cold now. and But... I mean, 25 points in 33 games. Like, if they didn't actually like playing with him, I don't think he would produce at that level on that line. I don't... On any line with Drysdale or McDavid. So, to me, that doesn't make too much sense. And I think Pugliarvi is going to... I think Pugliarvi, if he really didn't... Look, I like the combination of Drysdale and Pugliarvi, you know? And I think that Nuge works well with Drysdale. So that, that line... I don't think they... I disagree with Nugent Hopkins and Drysaddle. I don't think they complement each other very well. I think, no? I think Drysaddle complemented Yamamoto really well, and he's. And I think he's done fine with Pugliarvi. But I don't think Nugent Hopkins and Drysaddle are fit, and that's why I, be, I believe personally that's why Dave Tippett is deploying um, Nugent Hopkins and Hyman on that third line. Well, it's a great depth, right? But, uh, but isn't Yamamoto more of a bottom six player than a top six player? You know, not going, really into the, going into the playoffs, not, he gets pushed off the puck so easily. I know, but the thing is, is you're not trying to... The way this team is built right now, it's not top six, top nine, stuff like that. It is more, in my mind... Four scoring is, lines? It is more... That that Newton Hopkins Hyman line is like another top six line. So they have three top six lines going for them, in my opinion. So that is just... That's... I think that's what they're trying to do. So it's spreading the wealth all around, and that's how you do it. How do you, how do you feel about Dave Tippett? Sorry to cut you off, but how do you feel about uh, Dave Tippett deploying like guys like Devin Shore 
Kyle Turris over, over Benson and Perlini, you know? It's because he clearly wants that, you know, that PK unit to have on the ice, right? But, I mean, I, I wouldn't you rather have a fourth line of scoring guys who are big two-way players? You know, Benson, he's getting, he's, he's become an agitator, you know? He's become, he's finding his way. Devin Shore, I don't know if you've noticed, but every time on the PK, he's on his belly at one time or another. You know, he's trying to extend his his stick and trying to get that puck, but he misses the puck every time. I think Devin Shore is... is I think he's horrible 5-on-5. Five five. I would say that if he had a role on this team, it would be on the penalty kill. And that's it. But again... You could but, make Benson a penalty killer. I don't think he can, but... Why not? I, he's, he hasn't shown any promise All it takes is, is hard work. He's not, got, he's not, he's not been giving any, any chances. you got to give him chances. But he's proven... Through five on five, you you don't get thrown on the you don't get forced onto the penalty kill. You show that you belong on the penalty kill through your five on five play. And Benson hasn't shown that he can be reliable enough to be on the penalty kill by his play. Five on five, and you have you have to be able to show five on. Well, five. then why is it McDavid on the on the on the penalty kill? Because five on five, he's fine. But they- and Rod Rod Brendamore said, you know, he said that your power play guys. Could also be your PK guys because they know where to be and where not to be, right? But the reason why Dave Tippett doesn't deploy that is because too much ice time, too much ice time, and you're also deploying McDavid in a position where he has to block shots because that's a penalty kill. It's part of his job. Well, Dry settles out there. He's not blocking shots. You don't want McDavid on the penalty. It's a chance for him. No, to I agree. I'm just I'm just giving the kind of you know point counterpoint kind of thing. You know. Yeah, honestly, I give Dave. Tip it credit. I think since Evander Kane has showed up, I think he's actually deployed the lineup fairly well. I'm not a big fan of Devin Shore, but to be honest, I don't really care too much about the fourth line. I don't think anybody should because I don't think they're going to be part of it very often. So to me, it it doesn't really matter. Evander Kane, though, he's uh, a plus player. He's got two goals. He's got, what, one assist, two assists so far, right? So And how did those two goals come? He gets to the net. And that's the problem with this team I wanted to touch on with this team is that they don't score enough getting to the net. Basically, he's helped them become more of a gritty team. That's what they need, though. How are you going to win? Hyman, gonna... is, Hyman is doing that too, right? But Evander Kane, he lays the body. Hyman lays the body. That's what you need, right? That. That's why they, they struggle in the playoffs is because they're so fixated on trying to score off the rush when that is not possible in the playoffs to score on the rush. No, you need to get into the zone, set up, get your guy in front of the net, throw shots on the net, fire, fire, fire. And, and they've actually been taking Lay quite the a body. bit of shots from the point. Lots of guys, but there's no traffic. There's not enough traffic. There's not enough guys there ready to... Bang away rebounds. So I think Jason Greger was saying that in the NHL that the Oilers defense have the most shots on net. Yeah, but it it's almost resulted as a, there's no point of having that because when you have no traffic in front of the net, any goalie that can see the puck from the blue line is going to stop that ten out of ten times. You know, they're gonna stop that at least ninety five out of a hundred times. So it it is it is impossible to score from there without any traffic yeah but you know what though they're learning and they're they're getting to the net now and uh there has been traffic on some goals now so you know they're gonna get there but let's let's can we agree that you know their forwards are they're good 
I'd they're say, fine there, right? I'd say the, that's, that's the, the bright spot of this The team. areas that need improving is they need one more defender. Right? Big defenseman. Can I pose you this? Marcus Niemelainen? No. No? I, I'm, so there's a player out of Seattle, Alberta boy, big, mean defenseman, playing some, actually he's playing on their power play, actually. Penalty kills for them. Susie? Susie. Carson Susie. I think that that would be, if the Oilers can pry him away out of the Kraken, I think that would be something that would be just unbelievable for that third pairing. Think of, and, and, he, and, he's, and he's decently young too. I believe he's in his late 20s. But to me, an Alberta boy like that too, that I think he's, he thinks he's a monster. I think he's 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", I don't know, somewhere in there. Yeah, he only makes 2.75 uh, mil anyway. So. And I don't think the cost would be terribly high on him either. So what would you have to trade for? Maybe, you know, a third in, in a prospect? To Is get he a right or left shot? He's a left shot. Yeah, you, but the thing is that he's a left shot, right? So let's say let's say you put a, together a package for Carson Soucy and let's say Drieger even, right? You're getting your goaltender and you're getting... Uh, I don't um, think Drieger's a good goalie. In my opinion, I don't think he's a good goalie. He played well for uh, for uh, Florida. Against a good defensive structured team. This isn't a good defensive structured team. I think that with Soucy on our team and you have Bouchard upcoming, you have Nurse, you have... CC, you have Keith, you have Neymar, and you got Russell. We're not a bad defensive team. We're, we're okay. This. Have you heard anything about the Oilers trying to pry away a player like Susie away from from Seattle? No, nothing on Susie. But that's a honestly, I agree with you. I would I would love to have Susie on our team. Here's here's another guy that I'd mentioned last year, Ken Holland. You know he kicked some tires on uh, Josh Manson, and. Most people would know, you know, that Dave Manson is his dad and he is the defensive coach for the uh, Condors in Bakersfield, right? So he's got a no-trade list and I believe Toronto's on it and I believe Calgary's on it, but I don't think Edmonton's on it, right? So Really? Toronto's on it because I heard Friedman say that Toronto's really kicking tires on him. He is, he is. But like Edmonton and Fleury, right, Fleury is on Edmonton's no-trade list. Or, you know, sorry, other way around, right? And same with Manson in Toronto. It makes sense for him to go there, but he doesn't want to go there. And I think that's a big reason is the whole tax thing and the Canadian uh, border and how they, you know, handling COVID right now, right? But if Edmonton could somehow pry, circle back and pry Josh Manson out of there, hey, that's a perfect fit for your top pairing. Josh Manson and Darnell Nurse, and then you have CeCe and Keith, or Bouchard and Keith, you could CC with Nima Line and CC with Russell. You got a lot of possibilities there, you know. Carson Susie, let's say you got to trade uh, Tyson Barry to make the money work. Susie and Drieger would be about six million together, right? So you'd have to send out Koskinen and probably Barry, right? But you'd have to include probably a first round pick to entice them because really, what team wants Koskinen, right? Barry. They could use Barry. He's a he's a power play specialist, right? What do you think about that? I like the idea of Susie, but I don't like the idea of Drieger. I don't like the idea. I will never like the idea of having him as the goaltender, because to me, I don't think he's a significant upgrade over Mike Smith. What about Eberle? No, no. I, the forward core I think is set for the rest of the year. Yeah. Well, that's a deep top nine. We already stated because I I want to put this out there that you know because. 
McDavid and Drysaddle don't like working with Puliyarvi necessarily, right? They have in the past enjoyed playing with Jordan Everly. And there's been no word on Oilers even talking about Jordan Eberle, but I think that, you know, you know, he's a bona fide scorer. And Pugliarvi, you know, he, he's young. He's got a big body. Um, I think he's got, he, you, you got to re-sign him next year. You don't know how much he's going to cost. Maybe $5 million, $4 million. No, not, he's gone cold. He's gone cold, but who knows how much he's going to ask for, right? If you don't, he's you don't have to give him the money. Range, then no, I wouldn't keep. If he asked for five billion, as much as I love the Bison King, like I just, I for five million dollars, no, I'm not keeping him. The Bison King, big boy, big boy hockey. He just in close. He's got no hands. He's literally he, all no, Swede, no finish. He's a little too sloppy. I think like he goes hard to the net. He's falling everywhere. Like it's like. Do you think he sticks too long? I heard Gregor say that. Not not his dick, but his stick. Do you do you think it's too long? <laughs> um. I mean, what else could it be when he's in tight? He he can't do anything in, in tight, tight. In tight, I agree. You need a shorter stick, and that's where he seems that he wants. He scores to most of his tight. goals from like the hash mark, or you know, before. When he gets past the hash mark, he's basically useless, unless he's tipping a puck or something like that, or being used as a screen, but. I love Pugliarvi too. I think he's got a great personality. I just think that he doesn't mesh well with this team. But that's my own opinion, you know? I don't agree with that because I th- that, that team, you know, you've seen interviews. They seem, they seem like they love him there. They love him there in, in, in the locker room. Like they, I've never heard anybody. Dave Tippett says himself and he, he's the coach and he's got a good read that they all love him. And for people saying too... Mikko Koskinen seems like he's loved. I, I remember over All-Star Weekend, we'll get to All-Star Weekend a little bit later, but... All-Star, he's loved, but do they trust him, though? There's a difference between being loved and being trusted. But that's a guy they want to go to battle for. Same with Mikko. Koskinen? It looks... Do you hear what, what Connor said over the weekend? Uh, what else are they going to say, though? They're going to say, what? Oh, trade the guy right now? We don't like playing no, for him? No, he says... I, I, can't, I think it was your M truck that asked the question of um, who is the unsung hero for the Oilers. And Connor McDavid, the captain of the team, said Miko Koskinen is that. He said Miko Koskinen, and Connor's aware that he the heat that he faces in Oilers Nation because he said that, and he feels that wherever Koskinen goes is where the team goes. You know what I mean? And he and that's what McDavid said. So it seems like the captain. Well, from what I'm hearing, necessarily he's got he's got people behind him, Koskinen, and it doesn't defy mean that it's. You know, Koskinen's not going to get moved. I believe that there is a goaltender coming, but it just shows that the team is has support for guys like Koskinen and Puliyarvi, and that they 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 support the guy. And I actually think they have a tight room. Yeah, you know what? Winning makes any team tight, right? And losing does the opposite. So, well, if they weren't a tight team, they would still be losing games, though. They won what five of their last six. They haven't no, lost. No, no, I think that's that's incorrect. You know, with when you have guys like McDavid and Drysaddle, no matter how tight or loose your team is, you're gonna win games. But what happened back in the other t- in the in the old days when they when they would get in a rut and they'd stay in the rut? Which they still days? had McDavid and Drysaddle. After when they, were, when, when, when 2019. They were when, when they were younger. When they, they were, weren't that much younger. That was maybe, what, two years ago? That was, two, three years ago? That was a long time ago. Now they're I, 25, 26. They're still, they, 
they're still putting up similar numbers to what they were. They back are the then. true leaders, you know. And I, in my own opinion, Drysaddle is the true leader of that team. You know, McDavid drives drives the play. Drysaddle might be more vocal, but yeah, I think he's the, the true the leader team. of the team is Connor McDavid on the ice. Yes, hundred percent. But, but as on, soon, I think off it too, but. I would say that Drysaddle's more vocal with his leadership than a guy like Connor McDavid would be. There's different ways of leading, in my yeah. opinion. You I agree. I, I work for their organization, but I'm not in the room, right? So I don't know what's said in the room. And Connor does, you know, Connor and Leon both, they go on a limb and they protect Koskinen. But you know what, though? Because Koskinen's a great guy, you know? In that locker room, he's a great guy. But you know what? Everyone gets a sense that they don't trust his goaltending, which is fair because he's not a true number one goalie. He's maybe he's he definitely a one. That's 1B. unfair though. That's unfair. if he was being paid one million dollars as a backup, it would be a different story. Okay, but if you were offered four point five million, would you say no? Of course, but that's not kind of the that isn't the issue here. The issue is that he's being paid four point five million dollars, and that's not his and problem. So when he's people, being played and deployed when, as a number one goalie, when all those keyboard warriors on Twitter go in and just and just crucify him. I think it's unfair because he's being it's asked... It's definitely unfair because they don't understand the pressure. He's being asked to play a role... He's not that, ready for. Or he's not that be. he's not ready for, that he cannot do. He he's can, not he a number one goaltender. Those... We know he, he's a tandem goaltender and a 1B tandem goaltender. That's what he is. That's what he's proven to be. He is Cinderella. The clock has struck midnight. Time to and go home. You know what? That is unfair for people to go out on Twitter, be those keyboard warriors... And, 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 and crucify the guy. Don't get mad that he makes $4.5 million. He was offered that by the Oilers management. That's not his problem. Second problem is he's being deployed as the number one goaltender. But the problem is of Holland, you know. He should have moved him. He should have bought him out. Something like that, right? Because if you're going to... I know, but if you're going to have bought out, uh, bought out James Neal or Mikko Koskinen? Which contract? James Neal isn't even playing in the NHL right now. He's not even getting minutes in the NHL right now. He's put on waivers, I'm pretty sure, like a month into the season. Think of who you would want to buy out. James Neal or Miko Koskin. For me, it's James Neal 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, you know what? To be honest with you, if you buy out Miko Koskinen, you can get another goalie, right? You still could have, though. But that was Ken Holland's problem is he didn't address it. They had the, they had $30 million, but they used four point four point five on Barry could have that 4.5 could have gone towards a goaltender, right? Yep. That's Ken Holland's that's Ken Holland's fault that the fact that they don't have a goaltender right now. Oh, for sure, he's the GM, he is the leader of the team, right? So don't don't say that if they bought out Miko Kostin, that's money for the goaltender. You can't buy out two players in one buyout period. I don't think that makes sense. That's a lot of that's a lot of dead cap. It it was James Neal and You could put Kostin. James Neal on the fucking fourth line. He is not playing in the NHL right now. I agree. He's not playing the NHL right now. But you know what, though? He's Miko, not an NHL Miko, player. Miko Koskinen could be out of the NHL pretty soon, too. I think, I think he's more valuable to a hockey team than James Neal would be to a hockey team. As a backup, team. for sure. But he's no starter. Yeah. Right? So at but that's the end, not his fault that he's being paid like one, though. Of course. He's if someone offers you the money, you're going to take it. But you know what? <laughs> Let's talk about options for goaltending. Because you know what? If, if Smith is healthy... And they're still gonna they're still gonna grab a fucking goalie, right? No matter what, it's probably gonna come at the trade deadline at two p.m. or twelve p.m. Whatever that the fucking time is for the, the deadline. But trades come in all the time, uh, a little bit after the deadline, right? And that'll be probably one of the goalie trades that Oilers make. 
They're probably going to go after who? Banachek? I hope not Corpus Allo, but they are, you know, talking about it. I wouldn't do Corpus Allo because Corpus Allo is basically Koskinen. You know, he's not having a good season. I would, I would do Vanacek, personally. But how about what Elliot Friedman talked about? How Flurry, you know, he doesn't want to come to Edmonton. But let's say he goes to either Washington or to Chicago, right? If that does happen, that frees up Vanacek. That frees up Darcy Kemper. Who would you rather have? Vanacek or Kemper? Vanacek makes less, but Kemper's more established. I don't know. That's a tough one. Because Kemper makes $4.5 million. Kemper has like, similar injury troubles to what a Mike Smith has. And he's younger. He's 30 years old, isn't he? No, Vanacek's younger. No, I'm saying he's younger than fucking Mike Smith. I'm yeah, sure. obviously. But, I mean, I... What? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. That's, that's a tough... That's tough. I don't know. I, honestly, like, that, that would be difficult for me to choose. Between. Maybe either or even, you know? Like, let's say it doesn't matter who gets traded to as long as whoever Flurry goes to, we get the other goaltender. Isn't that, isn't that kind of that priority? I actually heard um, on Friday, I was listening to Bob Stoffer, and he posed the idea of um, a potential um, that if... Hypothetically, a three-way trade between Edmonton, Colorado, and Chicago, where Kemper goes to Edmonton, Edmonton, Flurry goes to Colorado. Well, that's what I'm talking about. And yeah, I could, I, I'd be totally down for that. But and then again, you have Smith as a backup, right? Skinner as a third goalie, right? So yeah, I think that's that. You solidify your goaltending there, but there's still the fact that you know what, a first-round pick is probably going the other way for Kemper. Right? Along with Koskinen. Because you're going to have to make the money work somehow. And then I also pose this, is that, you know, there isn't... The goalie market, to me, is very slim. Like, to me, if you're going to trade and ask, like, a first-round pick for a goaltender, it has to be somebody that you know is a definite upgrade over Mike Smith. Well, Kemper and Vanacek are. 100%. I don't know about Vanacek, but I know Kemper is. But I don't know about Vanacek. I think he's a... Well, if you look at Washington defense, it's not that great, right? I debate that. I think Justin gotta, Schultz, John Carlson, Orloff, it's not that great. Better than Edmonton's. Not by much. I think it's significant. I think Edmonton's what? got a very weak defense. So does Washington. They can't defend for shit. Uh, but that's similar. That same defense won a Stanley Cup. But, no. Va- but Vanacek, but that was, but that's a that was Holpe, though, right? A little bit of both. You you don't put a, as a goaltender. You don't put up numbers like that without without some type of defense in front of you. I think it was more of a team defense, not just their defense. Defense, you know, it was their whole team committing to playing that way. Once Ovechkin said, "Okay, I'm not gonna you know be a selfish player anymore. I'm just gonna play two way hockey." He became a plus player. He used to fucking be a straight minus player, and Washington would you know get outed by Pittsburgh every year. But here are a couple of the names that the Oilers could be in on, right? So we've mentioned Vanacek. We've mentioned Kemper. Flurry. Kemper is only if. It's only if Colorado can get Flurry. Yeah. Right? So that's very slim to me, personally. I mean, like... Same with Vanacek, though. Van, they're not training Vanacek unless they get Flurry or another goalie in there. Because well, they, they don't, they they don't trust... They have Phoenix Copley. They, they do, but they do they have, trust him? 
As a backup, I would. I think he's a good goaltender, to be honest. A good backup, in my opinion. But would you roll with Copley and Samsonov? Samsonov? Yeah, I think that's a good. That's good enough. That's debatable. There's also Corpusalo. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that at all no, because you're basically just, you know, it's a lateral move. Uh, there's Allmark, right? Because they have Rask, they have Allmark, they have Swayman. But Swayman could be pushed to the minors without any repercussion, right? So I would love to have Swayman, though. I would too, but I don't, I don't see, like, Boston. I would do a first round for fucking Swayman in a heartbeat if they would do that. I don't see Boston, like, doing it, though. No, me either. Because why? Why would you? You have Rask. You have Allmark, right? And well, Rask is what like Rask doesn't have many years left in this league. So maybe a year or two, you know. Yeah. So so that and that and you have Allmark already signed and Swayman just waiting, right? So they could just keep what they have right now and be totally fine. They don't have to make any goaltending moves. I agree with that. Yeah. Right. And Dallas, you know, they they want to trade. Anton Kudobin. But Holpe is, I feel like, the guy that we'd want. Over Kudobin. Holpe's won a cup. Right? And he's from Alberta. Would you take a chance on Holpe? Yeah, if it's the price is... He makes, what, $2 million? $2.5 million? steep, then why not? I mean, but I don't think... What would you trade for Holpe? A second-round pick? Yeah. I'm not giving up a first, 100%. No, you're not giving up a first for Holby. Absolutely not. That first-round pick is reserved for Kemper and I, I don't know if I would trade assets like second-round picks for a Band-Aid fix in net. I think I would want something more concrete. I like the idea of Georgiev. I think he's a very good goaltender. But tender. New York is not going to trade Georgiev because most teams in the league now, they want to have two goalies. Someone they can, bat, they can you know rely on if their number one goes down. Right? If you If you... Um, maybe they would take Koskinen, maybe, but I feel like they trust Gorgiev more. Unless you're really selling the farm for Gorgiev, like you're trading a first round pick and maybe giving up a prospect, but is he worth it? Right? Is Gorgiev a starter? I, I think he I could think... be. He's not a band aid fix, though. He's not a band aid fix. Is he that much better than Stuart Skinner? Is he yeah, that much? He is. is he that much better than Mike Smith? Yes. Really? He is. I think he's a hell of a goaltender, and that's not a bad I think if he's fix. a hell of a goaltender, then, then he would have already been acquired by a different team. I think it's New York, like you said, unwilling to part ways with him, and maybe the asking price. I think they want back. him as a backup. And maybe. But he could be maybe, a starter on the Oilers, though. Oh, for sure, probably. I don't know if he's a starter or yeah, not. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's hands down a starter on the Oilers. Varlamov? I mean, that's, it's just it's just ticket. That's the problem. It's too high. Yeah, I would I would love that, but I I just I don't feel good about a band aid fix in net. In my opinion, I don't. There's feel- something about Oilers and a European goal that just doesn't click. You know, from Koskinen to Happy Boo. Koskinen's unfair though. Koskinen's unfair because he's being put in a position and playing a, a role that he we all know that he can't play, but he's doing it, and. He's doing his best. Like that. That is, like he's doing the best that he can. And how much role. would you love Talbot back? Oh man, what a mistake! I don't even want to go back to that. Just his personality, you know, like what he brought to the team. If if you could, if we could have rolled Talbot, Smith, and Skinner, my God, we would have been deep, deep for days. And it's just sad that we had to give up 
it was really Oilers' fault for overplaying him, right? But that, you know what? You That's, know what? You know what? Gone. If you go back to that timeline, they overplayed him for two years. He gave him two really good years. Overplayed him for two years. I bet there was some type of injury. Of course, there. he's going to be run down. And he comes in run down, doesn't have the best year, gets shipped out for basically nothing, and then you sign Koskinen to that deal. You know, uh, Bob Stoffer was saying that. I don't know if you heard this, but the Oilers were actually in contract negotiations with Talbot bef- before they were with Koskinen. But I, something flipped or changed with the organization on a dime, and then Koskinen is the one that gets signed to that deal. And in my opinion, I believe that that deal that was that Koskinen had was the deal that Talbot was going to get in that range. Talbot should have been the goalie. I it mean, was Peter Shirelli. It was all Peter Shirelli. The only person... It wasn't all Peter Shirelli. It was Nicholson as well. I, I agree with you. He okayed the deal because he trusted Shirelli. But Nicholson put his trust in the wrong person, and Shirelli trusted the wrong goalie. But Nicholson right? openly said that the organization believed in the Koskinen one. They didn't, they didn't care about That is Shirelli. untrue. That is untrue every which way. That is an all-Nicholson and Shirelli um, move. I'll tell you that right now. You could ask around. I've heard from many sources that was Shirelli and Nicholson. And you know what? Fans want Nicholson to be held accountable. I agree with that. He's as much to blame as Holland. He's as much to blame as Tippett, right? Let's talk about Tippett. Actually, you know what? We'll say Tippett for a little bit later. But how about Thomas Grice? I've heard that Detroit has mentioned him as being on the block, right? And they would be willing to take Koskinen back. But do you want Thomas Grace? No. I don't think he's an upgrade over Mike Smith. I don't think he's an upgrade over Koskinen even. Yeah. Right? I think that his time has come and gone. Um, well, he was a hell of a goaltender under that good defense in, um, in New York. But, I mean, he had a good year there, but I don't... I don't think very highly of him. Yeah, he's, you know, I feel like his time has come and gone. You're right. You know, there's, there's Halak. He's kind of in the same situation. He's a small goalie. He plays for Vancouver. You probably have to overpay because they're in the same conference, right? Uh, I don't know. How about Jake Allen? I just don't like the fact that he's got two years. A year left there, but two years left on his contract, no. I don't trust him as a starter. You know, he couldn't do it in St. Louis. Um, he was brought in as a backup in Montreal. He, he hasn't been proven ever as a starter. Maybe against the Oilers, but that's like, that's neither here nor there. And there's, uh, and there's also the, you know, the shining, the new Huso from St. Louis. I like him. I love him too. But remember how I said that every team wants two goalies? What's I don't the see them between, trading two people goalies. People say about him, but what's the difference between him and Talbot? Both unproven goaltenders that came here and blossomed. Vila Huso. He, I think St. Louis doesn't want to give him up. I think that he's been started over Bennington because they trust him. You know, And when he falls, they'll go back to Bennington. That's how these two goalie systems work these days in the NHL. And Oilers, they have half ladder. You know, They can use Smith, they can use... Skinner has a backup, but they need that starter. So they are going to get a goalie, but right now it's just like, who's that going to be? Right? And 
there's there's about 10 to 15 options and it's all about what costs less because we all know holland he's a patient guy he doesn't like to overpay unless it's for duncan keith you know uh but i don't know well i guess we'll see in about a month when the uh, deadline come and comes and goes let's talk about uh coaching Dave Tippett's staying. He's staying now. He is staying now. Did he save his job or did the players save his job? I think the players did. I think it's a little bit of both. I think if any team turns it around, it it means that the coach definitely has something to do with it. It, Every time, like, you can't win without, you know, some form of structure and coaching. If they make the playoffs and let's say they lose in the first round, does he come back? No, no, he's not coming back. They would have to make a deep run. I'm saying like second, not even second. I'd say they have to, it's conference finals plus for another year of Dave Tippett. Well, I just, I just wanted to hear what you thought about kind of thing there. But like, I, but like what I know is that for Tippett to stay, they have to make the third round or more. Yeah, 100%. I don't even think that that's just common sense. Like everybody knows that. I think everybody, every oldest fan knows that that's I agree, that's that is, case. you know what? And 100, 100%. But will they do that? It all depends on what happens on deadline day. If they can get that goalie and a defenseman, they'll be set. They'll be, they'll be rearing to go. But until then, we'll see what happens. So uh, let's get to the last topic here. What do you think about the All-Star weekend? All-Star weekend this weekend? What do you think? Ah. Uh, I hate the All-Star game, personally. Me too. I, I think it's good for the kids. And I, honestly, love the, I love the Pacific jersey. Or the uh, Western jersey. I'll be getting that. I, I actually... I used to enjoy the All-Star game as a kid, in my opinion. Like, I, I loved it as a kid. Like, I was a big fan. Like, I would actually look forward to it. The skills competition and everything. I haven't enjoyed it since Ryan Smith days. Well, everybody enjoys it as a kid. So, it's like... Everybody enjoys it as a kid. But... And it's a big revenue thing for the league and whatnot, but I don't know. I enjoyed I the, the part about the All Star Game that I couldn't believe that would happen this weekend is the practice Petrangelo one that that shootout thing over Zegris. Oh, that was dirty. That was nasty. Jeez. Trevor Zegris, you he should win the Calder just for that move that he pulled off. My goodness, what a move! But yeah, he that, you know, was that kid nasty. that kid is the future and he makes me want to punch Holland in the face <laughs> for taking uh, Broberg over Zagreus. <laughs> Can you imagine what was with that, with uh, Zagreus? Doesn't that's that'd be crazy. You know, he's a top six addition. He'd be a third line savior like my goodness. Oh, him with McDavid or dry side would just be nasty, unfair. That is absolute filth what he pulled off there. Even the blindfolded. You know, the the fastest skater too. You could tell McDavid he wasn't really into it, you know. Uh, well, let's was, try. Let's try to fast skate with a puck. Yeah, he's he's there just you know for the fans, just for the media to to show face. But Jordan Cairo, he was he was putting it all into it, you know. He was putting everything into it. He he wanted that fastest skater. He was getting it. Good, good, good for the kid. Good for the kid. The All Star Weekend. Drysdale didn't do so well in that accuracy. Like like McDavid, they don't give a shit. They don't care about scoring titles anymore. It's all about, I feel, the Stanley Cup. You know? The, the team, the organization, it's all about the Cup now. So whatever they can do to win, 
they'll do it. They went to the All-Star game to, to show face. They went there. They showed their face. They didn't do the greatest. They're going to head back. They're going to play Vegas on Tuesday. And it's back to business, right? I don't like how, you know, it's every team has to send a player to the All-Star game. Oh, I don't get me started on that. I think that is the biggest joke is the fact that every every team has to be represented. An All-Star is an All-Star. Yeah. If you want every team to be represented in a skills competition, sure. But the All-Star be game is the bet. All-Star game. The All-Star game has to be true. The fact that Sidney Crosby doesn't make the All-Star game, all those things. Like- Ovechkin, classic guy. He wasn't going to go there. He caught, air quote, COVID, you know, before, you know, to avoid the suspension. It was going to happen, right? But guys like Malkin, guys like, like Crosby. Nick, you're telling me Nick Suzuki is, a, is an all-star. Uh, Nick in Montreal, is- he is an all-star. <laughs> but that's kind of a testament to their shitty team, right? Like, to have Troy, ter- Troy Terry there over uh, Zegras playing in that game, that's a joke. Well, I mean, Troy, Troy Terry's had a hell of a year. He is an all-star this year, Troy Terry. Zegras is an all-star this year, too, but... Actually, Zegras... I love Jordan Eberle to death because he's... Jordan Eberle is not an all-star. He's not an all-star. I love him to death. He's not an all-star. You know, uh, Matthew Kachuk probably should have been there. Goudreau should have been there. Well, he he was there, right? But uh, Latang should have been there. They need to be like the NBA where, you know, where there's voting for the starters. And after that, an all-star is... Put in the actual all-stars. Don't put in the guys who, you know... Just Clay, happened Clay to be Keller's on a team. Clayton Keller's not an all-star either. Clayton Keller is barely a star. You know? He's a good player, but he's not an all-star. On but Arizona, man, that team is a tire fire. That's for a different day. But Clayton Keller, my God. My God. Let's, well, let's, 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 let's take it out of here, let, though, let's, eh? Let's, let's get going here. A preview for the Vegas Golden Knights coming up on Tuesday. What do you think happens? Oilers take the L or the, or the, or the dub? I'm going to go win. I'm gonna go win. That's just because you're going to the game. I will be. I will be in attendance. But hey, I I will be too. Oh, so maybe I'll see you there. Look out for Mister X in the building. Look out for Mister X and GP because we're gonna be in the building. But yeah, you know what? I sense a win. But then again, I feel like the beginning of the week, the Oilers usually play a little shitty. You know, there's there's a little bit of laziness to their game. But who knows? Maybe to Vegas, they'll be. Come out of the All Star break with a little bit of a, I don't know, thing in their step. So, yeah, let's. Uh, I'm gonna say game day prediction four three Oilers. I'm gonna say three two Oilers. Actually, what I'm gonna say. Three two Oilers. I just don't see Koskinen giving up two against them, but like it's not Koskinen. I, it's not Koskinen. We forgot to mention Mike Smith will be in oh yeah, Mike for the Smith. Oilers. He's back. Mike, Mike Smith, Smith is back. So maybe that will be a loss actually. Because <laughs> he's actually, you know what? Since you said win, I'm gonna go loss, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go four two loss. Ah, uh, five three loss. Five three loss. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say four three win. Still, Mike Smith. Let's five in, three loss. Let's hit some ugly ones, but five three loss. Empty netter though. Empty netter. To make it five, but I'm gonna say five three loss. I'm gonna say that the boys put out a good fight, but don't get the two points because of Mike Smith. Because of Mike Smith, bold so prediction. yeah, I could see him, I could see him letting in a couple of doozies, but 
you know, I let's hope for the best. Keep it positive. Um, you know, we have, uh, I don't know, we, we have the players now. All we need is the goaltending. Hopefully it matches up against Robin Leonard if he starts. So let's uh, take us out right now. So, yeah, thanks for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another episode of the NWO Podcast, a.k.a. The Dub. I'm your host, Mr. X, signing off. GPL.